0: Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops, Papa Giorgio. It wasn't the best draft lottery result. The Magic had a 14% chance at the number one pick. We finished with the third worst record in the NBA, but we ended up with the fifth pick in this upcoming July 29th NBA draft. Again, tough luck. It's Really bad luck. It's the 14th consecutive draft lottery that we have not jumped up in the lottery, which is absurd. So for 14 straight draft lotteries that we've been in, we've either stayed put in our you know expected position or we've dropped back. We have not moved up in 14 consecutive drafts. The last time this happened, 1993, where we moved up 10 spots. So that was the penny draft, the penny Chris Webber trade, but we did however end up with the best case situation with this Bulls pick at number 8. You know, we didn't we didn't lose that Chicago pick at least. Uh, but to me, that still wasn't worth dealing away. A multi-time all-star who wanted to stay in Orlando. I'll be stubborn about that for a very long time. We'll discuss the lottery, coaching search, and more. But here's a question for you, the listener. Are the Magic currently the NBA's worst small market franchise? Let's go.
1: You can be it in the streets On a day like this, thank you It be like summer I feel like summer I feel like summer You can feel it in the streets On a day like this that I feel like summer She feel like summer
0: Penny, my first question to you is did you watch the Draft Lottery uh, ESPN show
1: live? It's okay if you didn't, just ask. I I actually, I did on the the ESPN app on the Roku TV. So I did watch it live. So
0: I was at the Orlando City match Tuesday night because MLS, of course, had to schedule a Tuesday night MLS match. But uh, thank God, you know, Orlando City is a title contender right now because we need it. And I I wanted to see Daryl Dike because I don't know if we're going to sell him to... Like an English premier league team in like the next week, few weeks or not. But anyway, so we're up three zero five minutes away from halftime against San Jose. So we're kicking San Jose's ass. And then the heavens open up and another monsoon just kind of drops out of the sky. The match goes into a a, a weather delay. Uh, so I pull up the ESPN app at like about eight 45, because I knew they still hadn't started the, the actual revealing of the picks at that point to watch the you know lottery results. And so, as I'm taking shelter into the concourse of the stadium, because I sit in the the upper level of the stadium and they don't want you hanging out into the, in the bleacher section, you got to actually be down in the concourse. So, um, you know, I'm watching this (laughs) and uh, the app. And so, you know, Jeff Weltman, he was the magic representative. Uh, It's not his first time representing the magic at the draft lottery. This was all done over zoom call. Surprisingly, I guess some people weren't vaccinated or they just didn't, Feel the need to actually fly everybody out which i guess that's sensible that makes sense i mean it's it's really you really don't need to put this much effort into it but i mean it's it's a ratings and money game anyway so that's why they do this show but uh jeff looked quite pleased when we got chicago's pick at number eight which was the best case scenario coming out of that vooch uh trade with with this pick because had chicago moved up the top four then uh next year 2022 we would have we would have had uh we would have gotten the pick uh because it was top three protected so you know unless chicago just falls off a cliff again next season i would hope chicago is a playoff team next season but who knows we'll see but anyway magic got got the pick at eight and at that point no one had jumped up into the top four it was it was chalk at that point so i was actually feeling fairly optimistic that our pick might have actually stayed in the top four
1: Uh, I don't know. What's your feeling going into that, Spence? Uh, Well, first of all, uh, you know, everything going to chalk up to, you know, pick nine was great. And then as you're waiting on the Chicago pick reveal, uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm screaming at the TV, Chicago, Chicago. So when the card comes around, and you don't see a red logo at first you freak out (laughs) yeah Uh, so that was that was to our benefit and uh, i'm sure everyone saw the uh uh chicago sports net reaction to that too that was pretty funny
0: was this the first time that they that that they did this with the logos where because before it'd be like well you know it, it like before they would probably just have the chicago logo and be like well chicago came up eight but that pick conveys to Orlando, but they completely changed it where all picks that conveyed to other teams, like the Timberwolves would come up at seven, which was bad because that that's where Toronto was supposed to come up. So that meant Toronto jump, but the Timberwolves would have come up at seven, but they, you know, that pick went to golden state. They conveyed to golden state. And so the Warriors logo came up and it, it, it added some confusion there. Now, you and I and most of the Smart Magic fans knew that the Magic's pick itself, you know, couldn't, couldn't be worse be than seven. Right. It could not be wor- wor- worse than seventh. And eighth was literally impossible. But again, like you said, if you watched, if you looked on Twitter or, or whatever, the Chicago Sportsnet guys did not know that. And they thought that they had jumped into the top four. So that was uh, super awkward for them. But uh, then the chaos ensues, basically, where you find out Toronto jumped up from seven. Cleveland also ends up jumping because uh, the magic came up at fifth, which uh,
1: it could have been worse. You, I predicted. Anticipated I anticipated sixth. I
0: right? did. I predicted six, which uh, percentage-wise, I think we had a 26% chance of coming up sixth. Um, but, you know, fifth, depending on who you talk to, you know, people were saying this is a five-person draft, many saying it's really a four-person draft, and then you get into tiers where it's really – you know, maybe Kate Cunningham's his own tier, and then Jalen Green's his own tier, and you go from there. And others have different things depending on how they view Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs. But um, yeah, it's it was rough because I I don't use movie references enough here on the podcast. But when that you know pick number five came up, it looked like somebody stuck a knife into Jeff Weltman and. I compared it kind of to the Dark Night Rises movie, where it appears that Batman is about to kill Bane in that late fight scene, but uh, takes a surprising, slow knife turn out of nowhere to, to change that. And Jeff's got a pretty good poker face in general. He he couldn't hide it. There there's some disappointment there, and that's that's what you're dealing with with the crab shoot. You know it sucks, but you know this was our first go around in the more chaotic lottery format that started back in 2019. And we obviously didn't benefit. I mean, if you look at it, we really got screwed because uh, you know, Detroit, they jumped to number one. They, you know, they had their soon to be hall of famer uh, Ben Wallace uh, as, as their representative, big Ben Wallace, uh, whose NBA career was probably salvaged by the magic in that hard and hustle 1999, 2000 season. Uh, helped them out to get number one pick Houston who had Hakeem Olajuwon. And I was like, man, Houston's <laughs> going to get number one. Cause of Hakeem, but yeah, you know, they still, they, they, they were, they had the worst they had the best odds. Well, really it's a three-way tie between Detroit, Houston, and or Orlando for best 14% odds, but Houston had the worst record in the NBA. So they technically fell from one to two though, which everybody wants Kate Cunningham, but two, it's not terrible. But then you have Cleveland that jumps up to three. They jumped up two spots. Toronto jumps to fourth. They jumped three spots. The Magic fell two spots. Uh, you know, out of that top three, they really, really got screwed. Where they couldn't even stay in the top three. Um, you know, we we never came up at all in the ping pong ball drawings for that those top four spots. You know, Detroit came up twice. They came up obviously first, and then they came up again third. If you go to YouTube, you can actually watch the whole. NBA draft ping pong ball, you know, lottery drawing where Detroit also came up third. So, you know, because they already had the number one pick, you know, since they came up third, they redrew, and then that's when Cleveland popped up. But then you got OKC at six, who they they stayed put, if I remember right, and they have just a ton of picks. And I oh, know they fell two spots actually. OKC fell two spots. You know, they should have been fourth, but I mean, they still have a ton of picks. So and Obviously Kate Cunningham played at Oklahoma state. So if they really want to jump up to number one, because they have so many draft picks that they can wield and throw in deals, if they really want to go up, jump up to number one, they can, they can do it a lot easier than we can. And then, like I said, I already said, golden state was, was seventh, which uh, you know, the T wolves hand over their pick to to the warriors and then magic, that eighth pick of Chicago. Um, this is the 14th consecutive draft lottery for the magic the, where they have not moved up they've either stayed put or they moved down and i didn't realize this till and i, I apologize somebody posted a really good screen grab of uh, of a real gm graphic that showed kind of all the draft movement movements for the magic in, the, in their entire history and literally in the last 14 draft lotteries counting this one's 14 that the magic have participated in they've either stayed put where they are So, you know, for an example, 2004, you know, Dwight Howard, we, we, we have, we're supposed to get number one. We ended up getting number one. We didn't jump up. We just maintained our position, you know, or they've dropped back. Um, In this case, we fell back two spots, but uh, the last time we moved up was 1993 when we had the 1.52 percent odds Uh, completely different lottery format back then. I think it was one out of 66 or one out of 67. I can't remember, but um, jumping from, you know, 11th to first, you know, we were one, one away from a playoff spot. And instead we sneak into the back into the lottery and then, Hey, you, you get the number one pick and Pat Williams is up there for the second straight year to row with a pissed off. David Stern being like, really, you, you won the one number one pick again. Um, Yeah. It's gosh. I, I, I don't know. Penny, are you surprised by that number that it's been 14 straight lotteries that we haven't moved up because I was,
1: um, I mean, when you present it like that, it's surprising, but I also think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that we stayed put in 2004, uh, as opposed to maybe moving up and some of the other years where we're in the back end of the lottery, you know, uh, obviously for this year, total gut punch.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, look, the worst case scenario would have been that we lost a Chicago pick and our pick ended up seventh. So we avoided that, um, We do have two top eight picks, which you can do some stuff with that. You know, fifth and eight, it's better than, than, you know, one pick at sixth or seventh. Let's I'll leave it at that. Obviously the best case scenario would have been, you know, having the number one and also the eighth pick, but, you know, we got fifth and eighth and now we'll, we'll see what happens. This is what, uh, you know, Jeff Weltman's getting paid to do. It's, you know, we, we really ideally needed to be third, you know, third or fourth to have, you know, flexibility to move around, you know, up to maybe number one or number two. Now, you know, even if you want to move up to to Cleveland at three or Houston at two, presenting the fifth and eighth picks isn't likely going to be good enough to do that. Uh, the magic are hosting draft party uh, July 29th at 7 PM at Amway center. I, I always do this every year where I reserve a ticket online for free. Uh, you can do it, you know, on the magic app. I think you'll present it. They don't let you print them out, print out tickets anymore. Um, but it's always one of those day of like, well, I'll ask you or ask the guys like, hey, you want to go to the draft lottery, par- you know, draft party or whatever. And, you know, in years past, I would go as a media member, which that's fun. That's, that's really fun.
1: That, that, that gets a little crazy in there, but yeah, that's uh, actual access. I feel like the draft party now is uh, it's nice to be there in the environment. Nice to get a season ticket package um, sold at you. Um, but I, I think now with the Twitter spoiling of all the picks, it's a different kind of atmosphere than it used to be.
0: It is. I still kind of want to, cause I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm going to be really surprised if the Magic just stay at fifth and eighth. Like I'm, I'm expecting movement one way or another. Um, you know, I don't know what your what you have initial draft thoughts or wants, Penny. But I mean, I want to do everything possible to get up to number one and get Kate Cunningham. But I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the problem is, is the teams above us all have you know, and I mean, and maybe minus Toronto, who's still trying to maybe you know, be a a playoff contender. But I mean, you look at the top three with Detroit, Houston, and Cleveland, all of them have needs of talent and it's going to take a lot, either like a really like some good veteran help or like a, 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 an angry star that wants to leave. It's going to be take something like that to, to really truly entice them to move their picks. I mean, maybe, you know, Houston's got some bad contracts like Eric Gordon Cleveland's only got like one bad contract and Kevin love, and it's really not that awful anymore. Um, maybe the magic could, could offer something like that. Troy Weaver's the, you know, the man in charge in Detroit. He comes from that OKC system that does things a little weird, a little quirky. So, cause we've got five, eight 33, which is a very, very good pick
1: to have in the second round. 33rd. I, um, I know we'll get there, but yep, just, go for it. Yeah. Uh, preliminary odds on the magic trading the 33rd pick i would say there's a 99 percent chance it happens oh i disagree i actually think they'll they'll use it because it's it's not a guaranteed and it's a it's one of the most valuable obviously second round picks available um, but we've seen that before and even i'm going to go all the way back to 2004 where the magic had a glut of young people on the roster and chose to punt Anderson Vergeau. So you think
0: we're just going to sell the pick
1: or are you thinking that maybe I I don't know if it'll be a sale or if it'll be, you know, one of those uh, flips to a second rounder in 2027 or something like that. But, um, you know, I I think from a fan perspective, we're pretty excited about having, um, you know, one of the first picks in the second round, but I, I'm not anticipating that one getting cashed in this year.
0: We'll, we'll see. I mean, it just depends because we could be in a situation where we trade, you know, some guys. And we have a decent amount of youth now. Um, but, I, I mean, even he's getting like – like, I, I, I don't know if he's even going to stay in the draft. But I, I like our Boone Brave boy, you know, the Ohio Bobcat, uh, Jason Preston. I know some people don't even have him in the top 60 in their mock draft, but I'm going to tell you now he's, he's going to, he's going to get drafted. I just don't know if he's going to sneak his way into the first round, but if he's on the board, I'd use that pick on him at 33. I, I like that kid a lot. I don't care if he's got a weird, you know, a weird shooting form or his offhand looks just completely like misguided, you know, but the guy shoots 39% for three. He's kind of one of those. Uh, he's kind of an unorthodox point guard, He's big though. He's six four, six five. I like him. You know, I, if, and I kind of made the it made made the call. You know, for the Magic to do everything they could to draft a guy like Taco Fall, for instance, and they didn't do that. You know, and so we'll see. But um, I mean, I was I, I was pretty good last draft because last year I was like, I want R. J. Hampton. You know, he, he's pretty high up there for me. Um, you know, we ended up with Cole Anthony, but then we ended up trading for RJ Hampton and both of those guys have worked out pretty well so far, but, uh, you know, the magic also have at their hands, the 2023, uh, Chicago bulls, first rounder. That's also lightly protected. That could be coming their way. And then also the 2025 Denver nuggets, first rounder. That's also got some protection on that. And then you got some very tradable contracts and Gary Harris, Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba, that you can include. So there's some there's some stuff in there, Penny. What what do you think? First off, do you like Jalen Green as a I, draft prospect? I
1: I like. Do you well, think he's
0: the second? Do you think one Kate Cunningham's the best guy in the draft from what what you've seen? And two, do you think Jalen Green second, or do you think it's kind of up for grabs?
1: I I think second is up for grabs. I would say that of of the Jalen's, obviously, I prefer Jalen Green.
0: Okay. Do you think that it's feasible to deal five the magic dealing their fifth, the eighth pick, and even let's say that Chicago 2023 first round pick to move up to either Houston at two or Cleveland at three to get Jalen Brent green. And I'm assuming Jalen green would be available at three, especially if Houston wants Evan Mobley, but do you think it's going to take a lot more than that? Would you even deal more than that? What, what do you think? Five, eight and the bulls
1: 2023 pick to move up to a couple I, spots. Yeah, to me, I think that would be enough to to get the deal done. Um, I don't know if the if the value is there in terms of the drop off. Would, would you you would make that move, and you think that Jalen Green is significantly more attractive than uh, four or five, whoever goes four or five? I think so. And look, the only reason I think cleveland or
0: houston would do this is if they specifically would be very happy with a guy like say jalen suggs if he falls a little bit right now people think jonathan kaminga is the guy at five but there's rumors that guys could be moving up you know moody keon johnson the turkish guy i you know we'll we'll see i it there's there's a lot of rumors and stuff going around cleveland's trying to Cleveland seems to be interested in either Suggs or, or Green like because they're, they're throwing Colin Sexton's name out there in trade rumors right now. So we'll, we're, we'll see. I mean, the Magic don't need more, more guard help at this moment. You know, Fultz maybe won't get back till, you know, a little before the All-Star break, maybe January, February. But, you know, Cole Anthony starting at point guard, I'd be fine with that um but you got you got all these guards that you got to figure out what you want to do you know you, you're only going to keep one of gary harris or terrence ross there's no way you're keeping both i'd like to get rj hampton as many minutes as possible i don't uh, you know i i don't see it and we'll see with the head coaching search as well what happens because the magic are, haven't hired a coach yet but based off the hire we're going to figure out real quick if the front office plans on on making a, a respectable playoff push or if they're if they're not expecting to, to get into a play in game situation, we'll see. But um, yeah, it's, you know, the point should be, I think though, that Welman should go. I mean, Weldman's got to do everything possible to go get his guy. You can't wait at five and eight. We don't need, I don't think we need two first round guys. I, I really don't. Either you're trading up to get, you know, to two or three, or you're using those picks to go get, you know, I don't know if how possible it is to get these guys, but you know, Bradley bill, Ben Simmons, Christophs Porzingis, CJ McCollum, you're using those assets to get a person that you think can be your guy because the magic don't have an alpha scoring option right now on their roster. Not to say Ben Simmons would be an alpha scoring option, but that guy's an all NBA talent. I know he, he can't shoot right now, but people were saying the same thing about Markel Fultz and he's kind of turning the corner on that as well. But, um, I mean, there's, there's so many options. I, I I don't know. What, what initial thoughts do you have with what you want the magic to do? And you could say yeah. stay at five and eight. I mean, it's, it's up, you know, whatever.
1: Well, you staying at five and eight means you get two bites at the apple, uh, presumably for a player who isn't going to be good, but not great. Right. And, and we, we need greatness uh, on the floor somewhere. So I think to your point, you're counting on Weltman, Hammond, and the basketball operations team to identify their guy. So I, I think we can say safely that Cade Cunningham is not an option at this point. So if, is there somebody that you're identifying as the next guy who's good enough to, to do everything in your power to acquire? Um, and if you deem that whoever's available at two, three, four, five, is not gonna be one of those guys, then you've got to package assets and do something to get somebody already established in the league who um, fits the timeline and can plug in um, and, and maybe grow with an expanded opportunity in Orlando, right? I mean, there's no other way around it. We, this is the time to maximize assets, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean this 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 is what you did these trades for. You know, I mean you you need to get that what you not just an all star, but a guy that you think can be a superstar. And I think Jalen Green can can do that. And, you know, Cade Cunningham seems might might almost seems to be on like a Luka Doncic level for me. Almost not you know he's not a prodigy or any of that, but he's got so much talent, so much size. It's it, it's absurd. But I mean Jalen Green seems to be that second guy for me. I'm not an Evan Mobley guy. I. I don't want to spend, I don't want to waste that high of a pick on a skinny center. I just, I don't want that. Like, if my center does not have an ass like Joel Embiid or, or, or Nikola Jokic does, I don't want them. All right. If they don't have a great ass, like, I don't, I don't want them on, I on likes this my team. centers
1: like I like my women
0: but because it, cause and it's kind of funny cause and this is getting off topic really now, but um, you know, I, we were subscribers to the athletic and you know, Yaya Toure was a soccer legend described how great footballers have a great ass. Like he, he, he spent, he wrote like a long piece that made all the sense in the world about how elite soccer players have a great ass and know how to use it. And I'm kind of in that situation. Plus, do you really want to get another tall guy when you've, when you come, when you you still got Mobamba on the roster, and I know Mobley looks like a much more coordinated and possibly more motivated guy than Mobamba is, but I just I can't do, it. especially when I got Wendell Carter on the roster, and you got the option of making Jonathan Isaac a, a center. You can, he can play center and spurts as well. So you need you need elite wing help. That's what this league is about: is elite wings. You know, unless unless like a, a talent like Embiid or Jokic comes down the pipe, you know, the pipeline, I, I'm not, I'm not touching Evan Mobley.
1: Hopefully. I, I would just say, yeah. I, I agree with you. The, mm-hmm. the need is apparent, but I would just say that if you're, wherever you're picking, you know, presuming we're, we're staying where we are or whatever, they, you, you have to pick the best player available and you sort out, the rotation like that that's true of Evan Mobley. If somehow he drops like and he's the best player on the board. I think you have to take him and let the the playing time and the rotation sort themselves out. And then certainly in the backcourt too we have a glut of obviously young guards and the the best ones going to play right. And yeah Cole Anthony was was good in his rookie year, but we don't know if he's going to max out at Trey Burke or not you know so you I I think you you have to whoever's there that has the highest potential that you rate the highest regardless of position even if it's um you know Hank Hank Hill asked Evan Mobley (laughs) then you've gotta you've gotta make that pick and and they gotta you know that's when the dog comes out right and they fight for playing time and and development and and whoever is head and shoulders above the rest is the one that wins the battle, um, and that's the one you build with.
0: Yeah. Um, again, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a very fair point. I again, I'm 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 staying away from Mobley. You know, hopefully Detroit or Houston want him. I'm staying away. Uh, Jalen Suggs, hell of a turning run. Uh, I I'm just not as high on him as others. I I sh- I give much more. Kind of lenient, I give much more kind of credence to what guys have done in either the G League like Green and Kaminga or like overseas, basically like a guy like RJ Hampton, what they've done than the NCAA. I think the NCAA right level of play is so watered down that it's really, really hard to to get like to put your finger on how good somebody's gonna be. And I mean, that's I mean, some people
1: will say, Whoa, well, we got it all wrong, but that's kind of my viewpoint. Um I, I will say that I I'm not uh super high on Jalen Suggs and I'm happy to be proven wrong, especially if he ends up in Orlando, yeah, I'm shocked. Are, are you surprised that Corey, speaking of Gonzaga and watered down NCAA, you know, talent level of competition. Are you surprised that Corey Kisper is projected to go in the lottery? Because I,
0: I don't I see don't it see either. That at all. I don't see it either. Yeah. I'm, I'm stunned. And Hey, Hopefully somebody, not the magic wants them and they can have them. I'm, I'm more than fine with that. I don't see it with Kispert. Like from those guys towards the bottom of the lottery, like I said, I don't care, care about Scotty Barnes, Moody, Keon Johnson, you know, Kaminga I like, but we got Jonathan Isaac and, and Chumo Kiki. Like, unless you're dealing away one of those guys, then I I, I don't have much of an interest in Kaminga. Uh, but for guys towards the bottom of the lottery, I love David Mitchell. I love Donovan Mitchell's brother. I don't care if he's six foot. The guy won a title with, at Baylor. I don't care if he's twenty two years old. That guy can play, and he's going to get better. And then I like what Josh Giddy can be, the the Australian kid. Yeah, yep. He's he he's not known as a shooter, but there's some type of like Luka Doncic, Joe Ingles hybrid going on there with him that that could possibly potentially come about where he's six eight. He's kind of he's basically like a lefty heto before he learned how to shoot in sacramento almost like he's got the court vision but you don't really and and like people say like we don't you you don't know if he can really finish at the rim yet but I, he he's eighteen years old that that guy i i would be very fascinated to go get that guy um
1: and he can I, and you would trade back for him too i i, I will say that um and then i also go do do we want to draft him or do we want to sign him to his second con like do we want to be a part of that development or do we want to catch him closer to his prime when he's more established in the nba
0: well and, and that's the other thing now with these guys like they come out so early and like they just don't know how to play basketball especially the ones that have been you know been taught and grown up through the aau system like they don't know how to play basketball and so when you got a situation like Ben Simmons is 24 years old. He doesn't know how to shoot, but he's an all NBA talent and his stock is at an all time low. I wouldn't mind going and getting him. Like, we've already helped rehab Markel Fultz's career. Like, we, the guy can play, the guy's an improved shooter already. If he can stay healthy this upcoming season, whenever he gets back, he's going to be really freaking good. And you know, we'll see. I, I don't know, Penny, if you had a guest and we don't even have a coach yet. And I mean, we still got them over a little, a little over a month till the draft, but you think the magic trade for kind of one of those, uh, top, you know, one of those kind of high tiered, uh, scoring guys I was talking about, be it like Porzingis, Simmons, McCollum, or do you think they just trade up and, and, and deal with draft picks? What, what do you think? I,
1: I, well, first of all, I would just say, I, I would hate to get Porzingis. Um, but I the my preference would be to go get somebody with the draft assets um, sitting here today at the end of June. I think I, I would be I would be surprised if the Magic did anything other than stay put. Sadly, hmm. what, what do you? Th- I mean, if you put odds on it, what do you? I think
0: mean, you man, if we stay put at five and eight, I'm I'm going to be very unhappy. And look, hey, whatever happens, even if I'm happy or mad when it happens. They have to get it right. It has to be correct. Just bottom line, it has to be correct. But unfortunately, we're not gonna know if it's correct for two to three years. So, like I said, we could both be mad or happy on draft night. It's not gonna matter till it actually we actually see the result on the floor. So that's I mean, that's that's the other thing at the at the end of it. I could think I could call Jeff Weltman like a complete dumbass and yet I could be proven wrong here in two, three years. We'll see. But um I I agree. I'm I'm not big on Porzingis and like McCollum, he's, he's hit 30. Like I'm, I'm a little bit worried about kind of his body kind of going down a downhill here soon, but Bradley Beal, if he's on the table because the Wizards just got rid of their coach too. And I don't know if, if they know what they want to do really with both Beal and, and Westbrook, but you know, him and then Ben Simmons, I'm intrigued by because honestly, well you could probably get Ben Simmons for like the eighth pick, uh, I don't know, Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, you know, and, and that gets done or one of Gary Harris, one of Ross Harris, and then Bamba, like in the eighth pick, like I feel like that's how low Ben Simmons stock is at this point. Um, I, I I'm sure they'll they're looking for something more substantial to team up with Embiid, but uh, it's, it's, it's so bad for Simmons right now that I kind of want to just, get him and bring him here, even though, you know, who knows, you know, we're going to have like the worst shooting initially with, with him, maybe Isaac, we don't know if he can shoot yet. It's, it, he showed promise in the bubble and then we haven't seen him in a year. And so it's, it's tough to say. And then Fultz, we were rehabbing his shot, but we won't have Fultz. We're going to have Cole Anthony, who was like a 38% shooter this, this rookie season. But
1: um, that's all here's, I got for that. My t- I have one final yep. thing. I know yeah, that's fine. Then We can go to coaching yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, if the magic stay at number eight, and they select Franz Wagner, will that make you turn in your fandom card after 32 years? No, no, uh, no, and nothing's gonna like. You're the, you're, you're, you're gonna it, no. give them the benefit of the doubt and let everything play out, even if uh, even if they pick the brother of the guy we just had.
0: Yes, because okay. I, I until he turn Yeah, well, it depends what we do at five too, because five could be amazing and eight may not as matter as much. But no, no, look, the only thing that would have gotten me to like to boycott the team for a while would be if we hired Jason Kidd as a coach. And thank okay. God we don't have to worry about that because the Dallas Mavericks today hired him. Thank God. But um, that's the closest I've got. Because Franz Wagner, I don't know, man, he could be good. I don't know. We need perimeter help. You know, I'm not drafting him assuming he's going to be a starter. Like, I need that guy to be like a Joe Harris shooter. Like, if he can do that, fine. But I wouldn't be happy with the pick. I'd be really unhappy that night. I'm, I'm, You know, between him and Kispert, if we pick either of those two guys, I'm not going to be happy. But
1: we'll see. If we stay at
0: five and eight and we use eight on either of those two, I I won't be happy.
1: I I would just say we have to prepare ourselves. (laughs) Not only for that worst-case scenario, but I – Uh, for bad things next year's going to be bad next year's probably going to be bad.
0: You mean next season, the season? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it, it's going to be interesting, right? Because 2022 we're going to try and be a player in free agency or in like the trade market, because we're, we're going to have this nice recruiting tool in our brand new practice facility medical center. That's going to be ready, you know, come spring 2022. So I, I don't, I don't anticipate us being bad for more than one more season. That's that's my viewpoint. But I, you're right though. Keep expectations low because you know I was again. I, I'm still supremely disappointed that we traded way and it's not. We'll, we'll see how it pans out in the next two three years. But I'm not happy with that from a just from a pure veteran leadership perspective because we don't have a, a legitimately good veteran leader that has been here before like Gary Harris, good guy, probably really good locker room guy, but he hasn't been here. He's only been here for like three months. So uh, anyway, all right, let's go to the coaching stuff. Let's try and update, uh, update things since the last podcast episode. So a few names have kind of been leaked out as potential coaching candidates. You got Darvin ham, 47 years old. Uh, He's currently a Milwaukee bucks assisted coach. So the bucks are in the Eastern conference finals going to go up against uh, the Atlanta Hawks which is annoying because Trey Young is on like a James Harden, Reggie Miller hatred level with me. So hopefully uh, my guy Yanni can actually get to the NBA finals. But, um, you know, Ham, former Buck, he was part of the last uh, Magical Movies pod we did back in where he was playing with the Bucks in 01 and had some sick dunks in that that game. But, uh, you know, he's been a, a Bucks assistant the last three years. He was also traveling with Budenholzer, you know, from 2013 to 2018. He was an assistant with the Hawks. Uh, Any thoughts on Darvin Ham? I'm not a fan.
1: Um, I I don't have any thoughts. I'm surprised that he is becoming kind of an in vogue candidate, but I guess that's what happens when, you know, you're on the staff of a team that has had the most wins for, you know, the last few seasons. Uh, That being said, would, would not, would be nonplussed if the magic hired him.
0: Um, I'll bring up another uh, current Buck assistant, also joined Budenholzer from Atlanta. Uh, this is 36 year old Charles Lee. Uh, he's former point, uh, former guard. He played overseas as well. Um, you know, he's you know, been a Bucks assistant currently these past three years. He was from 2014 to 2018 a Hawk and Atlanta Hawks assistant. Again, all this with Mike Budenholzer. Josh Robbins did bring him up as a potential coaching candidate. You know, in, in one of his athletic pieces, but. Um, I, I mean, I, I'd rather just go with Penny at that point. If we're doing the Charles, Charles Lee thing, like it it seems like almost like a repeat of Jacques Jacques Vaughn. It's a Jacques Vaughn repeat from like a decade ago, basically almost. So I I'm against it. I don't know your thoughts or maybe you just neutral. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not fair to Charles Lee, but I think just from, you know, the perspective, the optics of the move to the fan base, I, I feel like you Uh, It's hard to go down the same exact road twice to bring in someone like that. Um, And then the other
0: one that's circulating, there was a couple more actually. Well, Ima Ima Udoka who got interviewed during the Clifford search back in 18, he got hired by the Boston Celtics. So he's off the board. So good luck to him in Boston. I think that's actually a pretty good hire for them. And again, I would have been happy. I wouldn't have been mad if the magic gotten him, but anyway, so we got Wes Unsell Jr. Familiar name magic assistant from 2012 to 2015 with, you know, Jacques Vaughn, part of his staff. Uh, he's been a Denver assistant since 2015 and counting. So he's been there a long time. Um, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I, he, he doesn't crack my top four. It doesn't change my top four, but I'm I'm not, I, I wouldn't hate a Wes Unseld hiring,
1: but I don't know. You're What are your thoughts, Penny? Um, I, I would like a little more flash in the name, which yeah. is, which is crazy because part of his name is Wes Unseld. Hey, his,
0: hey! Well, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. his
1: dad's hair. That's the problem. But, but uh, you know, we we're a little bit familiar with him. His time as an assistant here. Um, he's no Brett Gunning, but you know, he's certainly <laughs> his name has been elevated, right? And and uh, I think around the league, um, every a lot of people are high on him. So it, again. To your point about the draft selection and everything else, if that decision is the one that's made by uh, Weltman, then I, you you trust that it's the right one until it's not.
0: Yeah, it's it feels like one of those situations where not only are we kind of waiting for uh, a couple of for these conference finals to end, but also I think the Magic job is the least appealing out of all of the other ones. So I mean, you got situations where. You know, since the last pod, Stan Van Gundy got fired by New Orleans. Scott Brooks got fired by the Wizards. Rick Carlisle left Dallas, but now he's been hired by Indiana. Jason Kidd got hired by Dallas. Thank God. Don't have to worry about him. Um, And then again, Odoka got hired by the Celtics. So there's still a few few jobs out there uh, that are, you know, in front of the Magics. Um, if,
1: if you think the Magic dodged a bullet just from a PR perspective with Jason Kidd, I implore you to read, um, trying to remember, I think it was a, an undefeated article uh, mm-hmm. with Jason Kidd about him getting a second crack or a third crack rather at a head coaching gig. Um, there's not a lot redeemable in that story just from, how he plans, like what he's learned and how he plans to coach differently. Um, I'm, I'm very happy that he did not end up here. Um, you mentioned Brooks in the last podcast, but any interest in uh, Stan or Brooks in Orlando? I have an interest in in Stan living in Orlando. It's <laughs> not the for, same
0: thing. It's not the same for, thing. For, for
1: his I, for his own health and well-being, I would not want Van Gundy here. I, I mean, there's he the track record has not been great lately. No, not I, at Detroit I, and now New Orleans. It's hard to it judge the COVID year, right? Because I, there's so it's much with Van, with Van Gundy about... Um, you know, the shoot around and attention to detail and just the kind of stuff that um, could not get done with the way the protocols were set up um, this season. Um, But certainly not, not the right fit at the right time. And I, he, he would never come back with um, the ownership, uh, you know, leadership still in place.
0: Yeah. Now you're, I mean, I love Stan. Maybe he can run for public office here. I mean, Stan really should just do take your, your brother's job. Do what Jeff did. Jeff's doing, be on the broadcast, be in the studio, be the analyst analyst, go on the Dan Levitard show and have fun. Like I want Stan to have fun. I don't want him being miserable in Detroit or new Orleans. Like I want Stan to have a nice calm life. And I, he's not, he's not going to be, come back here to Orlando now with the Voss family in place and Alex Martin's in place that's not happening it's not nor should he and so you know as much as I'd love him to be back here he's it's also just not the ideal situation for him like Stan just like Steve Clifford they it just dealing with a whole bunch of you young guys and youth and having to lose a whole bunch of games like it's it's too much stress for them that it's not worth it for them to to, to handle over and then Scott Brooks don't care for him. You don't either. So I'll move on. Um, The only other name that, that I I haven't mentioned that Josh Robbins mentioned was Willie green, who is uh, a magic player from 2014, 2015. We no longer have a magic player on the current roster from back then, which that seems like a lifetime ago now. But uh, I mean, Green's had some pretty great stops Rio as an assistant, 2016 to 2019, Golden State uh, assistant coach, and since t- from 2019 till now, he's a Phoenix Suns assistant coach. And Phoenix is in the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers, and unless the Suns really mess up, like they they should get the NBA Finals. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on on Willie Green?
1: Yeah. Again, it's just, hard. Ho- I, I think optically it's very hard to bring to anyone back um, that has ties to the first crack of the re- rebuilding process, you know? Agreed. Yeah. So I, I, I would look elsewhere.
0: So, you, so my top four hasn't really changed. Like it's some order of David Vanderpool, Becky Hammond, Penny Hardaway, and Kenny Atkinson. Mine hasn't changed. I don't know if anything's changed on your, on your end with your, with your, uh, your stuff
1: no I, I i think for me i think probably atkinson's still the move
0: and the clippers are again still in the western conference finals if they get eliminated maybe we'll uh we'll get some traction on that all right quick question and i didn't i didn't mention this to you earlier but do you think the magic hire a coach before or after let's say july 5th july 5th is a is a monday um it's it's the Fourth of July holiday celebrated during that. Do you think a Magic hire a head coach before or after July fifth? Oh, that's a good question.
1: I, I I would say, ooh, I mean it probably depends on. Or do you how bet long... green
0: and say someone gets announced on the fifth?
1: Yeah. How 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 long do the conference finals? Do you know? Is it a five game, seven game situation? I think um, they
0: I think they finish. I think the NBA finals start can start no later than. July seventh, I think. I, I could yeah. be wrong, but it, it's around there. So I,
1: I'm going to take the over. I think that they're going to hire a coach during, during or at the conclusion of the finals before the draft. Um, I was actually pretty optimistic we'd hear something by the end of of
0: the week, which we're we're you know we're recording this Friday, um, late afternoon. So we haven't heard anything yet, and. Do you think that the magic have put a
1: job offer out yet to anybody?
0: I don't think so. I think, I, I think they're waiting for Atkinson. They're, they're waiting to interview Kenny at least. Um, Yeah, it's man. Gosh, I I think they're waiting for Atkinson and then it'll, it'll be, so I'm going to go after, but not much after I initially thought they'd actually get one done, you know, this week, but that doesn't seem anywhere close to happening now. Uh, and I think the Magic, you're going to have to wait. They're going to have to wait for maybe New Orleans and, and the Wizards to fill their jobs
1: first. Um, I think Por- you in, right. in
0: Portland. Yeah,
1: I, I think you're right, sadly. Is Washington Washington a better job? If if not the worst, the Magic are obviously the second worst situation in terms of vacancies, right? Yeah. So you, if, if you're interested in somebody... Um, and portland is also interested in them they're gonna wait they're not gonna go down to the kinkos and sign their contract they're gonna wait and see what portland says first so uh, i think that's part of it too
0: i think it'll be like july 7th i think we'll we'll hear so i'm going after the fifth is what my
1: prediction is but and i'm sorry it's fedex kinkos now
0: oh is it well sorry well apologies to maybe soon a a brand sponsor we'll see but um (laughs) okay so quickly before we get to the main topic cole anthony i thought got robbed he didn't make any all rookie team penny what are your thoughts on cole anthony not making it because for guys like jay sean tate and like isaiah stewart to make it over him i i'm not happy like he should have at least made the second team i thought he had a, a strong case to even make the first team because it doesn't go by position they're literally just going by best rookies And for a guy like Cole Anthony who finished in top five in a lot of categories, he finished top five. He had a very strong second half of the season after coming back from his injury, you know, Fultz gets hurt six games into the season or eight games. I can't remember, you know, a, a, a few games into the season and gets thrown in, you know, thrust in the starting lineup. He's going through growing pains and then, you know, he finds, he starts finding his shot. He start, you know, he's hit, he hit two game winners this season, which I don't think any rookie's ever done has hit two buzzer beating game winners. Um, but he, he only played four fewer games than Lamella Ball. Lamella Ball won rookie of the year, you know, and obviously Lamella made first team all rookie as well, deservedly so. But, uh you know cole played 65 of the 72 game season which it's not bad he, he he scored 12.9 points per game he shot the three ball well in the high 30s he was in the probably the 40 by the end of the season when he was really picking up steam and you know cole anthony had just the pretty appropriate kind of response where he went with the cole anthony's not pleased meme on his instagram stories and that kid's been putting in work like i'm I'm not a huge fan of of athletes that put all their, their workout stuff online, but like you can tell, like he's putting in some strong work so far early on. But what are your thoughts on all
1: rookie stuff for Cole? Yeah, I'm pretty surprised that he didn't make the second team, um, but I'm hopeful that it's a motivator um, in the offseason. Yeah, it seems at least you know publicly it seems to be so. Uh, hopefully he's honing the the parts of his game that he needs to, to continue to develop. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, you want to make uh, an all NBA team, not, not, not just a all rookie team. Yeah. So,
0: all right, let's get to our main topic. Are the magic currently the worst small market franchise in the entire NBA? Because I, look we're ho- like i'm, I'm a big time homer i'm a big time homer and i just kind of want to take a step back and look at just all these other kind of situations with with teams right so we're going to use kind of tv the, the tv market data from uh, sports media watch and i'm going to go from the smallest tv market or with an nba franchise all the way up or all the way down to like the 15th smallest market with an NBA franchise since there are 30 NBA teams in the league. But, you know, we can talk about anything, be it their, you know, that you know about their team, be it their players, co- ownership, coaches, whatever that makes them seem like a better situation than what the magic currently are. And also, Benny, I'm going to ask you, because I'm trying to make a point here, whether, you know, we visited these places or not, if you'd rather live in these cities or if you'd rather live in Orlando. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. This is fun.
0: All right. Number one. And I've been here three times, twice for UCF, uh, bowl games and and once for a work trip, but I don't um, want to live there. Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee. So you got the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, who look like a perennial playoff team with John Morant and some solid, solid supporting cast members like, you know, Jaren Jackson, Jr. Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain. They got a lot going on there. Um, their regard is having a strong ownership group with the likes of Robert para, um, I think they're a much better franchise
1: situation than what the Magic are. Fight, fight me on it or agree with me. Ooh, um, I think roster-wise, right now they're better. and they have ribs, but I, I the the arena's not great.
0: You don't like the brand new FedEx Forum, whatever. The, that? I mean, oh, it's not brand city. new,
1: but. The city's not. Well, I, I don't want to say the city's not. No, good. no, we can talk I, better. Look, I, no, look okay. We talk about food.
0: Like, I've been food poisoned in Memphis before. Like, I've had good food and I've had bad food in Memphis before. Okay. To me, Memphis is mostly just Beale Street. That's literally what it is. Cause when you get to the outskirts, like, it doesn't even look like a city once you get outside of like the main downtown area for them basically there. So also they used to have, and still kind of do like three basketball arenas in the rotation. If you can't like the pyramid and I forget what the other one, the old arena was that they had, but um, I I'm, I'm taking Orlando from a city perspective, but Memphis as a the Grizzlies as a franchise are in a much stronger position because they have their star. They have that go-to guy and John Morant's a really likable guy. He's one of my favorite non-magic guys in the
1: league. I think sadly that's an accurate take. All right. So you want me to go next one here? Yep. All right. New Orleans. uh, We
0: have, they're getting a a new head coach. Stan Van Gundy has gone. David Griffin still regarded as a great GM there, but they've, they've got Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Their arena lease is up in 2024, apparently. So they they've already been brought up as a possible candidate for relocation to Seattle. Assuming they don't, expand the league from 30 to 32 teams which i hope they do expand it because it makes sense but um you know i no one's got any real opinion of of gail benson as being the owner ever since uh her her husband died a couple years ago so i i can't i don't know about ownership perspective but um they're they're for me in a much in a stronger franchise position than the magic you can fight me on this it's barely right because They could easily lose this team. It sounds like in, in three years, it sounds like it's very possible. If the league does not expand to 32 teams, new Orleans could be on their way to Vegas or Seattle. Like I, it could definitely happen. So out of this list that we're going to go through, new Orleans is the closest where I could say, I could kind of put a fight up with the magic. Now I've been to new Orleans um, twice. I've been for fun, well, it was supposed to be fun, and then the magic got destroyed by 40 points in an empty arena. But uh, that was the Daniel Orton game. But uh, and then I've been for for business and whatnot. But uh, I I would prefer Orlando as a city over New Orleans. New Orleans, if you like drinking all day and if you like kind of the voodoo vibes that it kind of brings out, um, that's cool. I don't. I'm I'm more uh, more of an Orlando guy. But I think New Orleans is a franchise just because they have Zion. And I know apparently his family's unhappy, whatever, but you're still under contract for a few more years. So hold your horses, let them figure it out. But because they have like an actual star and Brandon Ingram's really freaking good. um, I think they're in a better kind of situation than the magic,
1: but this one you could definitely fight me on. Um, So, well, I guess I want to clarify franchise, unless you're talking about like Donald Sterling owning a team, I, I think to me, current roster makeup is a significant portion of, of it should be, the it, it, it should be
0: because most so, people, your average person doesn't care who the
1: owner of a team is. But so I, I think just by virtue of the fact that Zion is on the New Orleans roster, puts them ahead of Orlando. Uh, I also have two words for you: jambalaya pizza, <laughs> seafood jambalaya pizza, three okay. words. So, so I, but, but in terms of overall market. I would rather visit New Orleans than live in New Orleans. Uh, I'm yeah, and 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 I would rather live in Orlando than live in New Orleans. I've also been to Bat, Baton
0: Rouge, and uh, it's also pretty nice. But th- these are places to kind of visit for like a weekend, not not live there. I, I'm with you on that. But um, yeah, it's I'm gonna yeah. I, I think again, team franchise wise, I'm going with the Magic because I'm trying to make a point here as far as. You know, we talk about the weather, state income tax or no state income tax. Um, you know, we, we talk about a lot of a lot of things like you're very, you're fairly close to the beach. Um, we we're talking and overall cost of living here is a lot is typically cheaper than a lot of these other cities. Uh, but I'm trying to make a point to that just because the city is great doesn't mean that that teams that that players are going to want to come here because other teams are in a much better situation than we are. And that's kind of the point I'm trying to make here because like, for instance, head coaching jobs You know, I've heard other magic podcasts trying to put the magic as like second or third, most appealing job. And I'm just like, no, we're, we're last or very close to last. So um, that's kind of my point. All right. Oklahoma city have not visited. Don't care to visit Oklahoma. Uh, they do have Shea Gilgis, Alexander, they got Pokashevsky, who people were making fun of last year, not making fun of him anymore, a shit ton of draft picks, which is the understatement curse word of the decade. Uh, most, you know, most of the national media seems to like Sam Presti. Obviously, Rob Hennigan, came, you know, came from him and then went back to him after, you know, he things went to hell here in Orlando. Uh you know, at any time Presty could go in and get a disgruntled superstar with ease with his picks or maybe trade up to number one to get a guy like Kate Cunningham. But they have had trouble holding on to their stars from, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Paul George. Their owner, Clay Bennett, is probably still liked in OKC, but certainly not in Seattle since the, the team moved from there. But uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts here, Penny, with the either Oklahoma you know, with the with the Thunder?
1: Yeah, well, see, now I'm going to be a homer because, I, again, Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, probably, eh, we could fight about it with Jonathan Isaac, but probably better than anyone on the Magic's roster currently. Um, But I think uh, ownership-wise, stability-wise, city-wise, this is one where I would take Orlando across the board. Um, Also, the Oklahoma, like the jerseys, still suck. You know, <laughs> yeah, There's they do. They do have probably the worst jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I, this is when I would fight tooth and nail on. I, I think even in in its current shambled state, that the Orlando Magic franchise is better across the board. I think you can actually win me over. Like, here's the thing: you have all these draft picks. That's great, but you still got to do stuff
0: with them. You still gotta 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 get that guy, and then you still gotta be able to keep that guy.
1: So you know what? Boston I, had a treasure trove yeah. of uh, draft picks, and we see. I mean, obviously they've been good, but
0: not now the, not now, they, won now they don't have any. Yeah, yeah. So I think look, we're, the Magic aren't the worst. They might actually be the worst East Eastern uh, small market team but they're not the worst small market team in the league, I think, or franchise in the league. So, you know what? I think, I think you, I you've won me over on the OKC one for sure. And again, I'd very much rather live in Orlando than in the Midwest. That's just kind of my my thing, unless maybe Chicago, but Chicago is not a small market team. So, all right. For Milwaukee, uh, this is going to be quick because they got Giannis Dutokounmpo. They're in the Eastern conference finals. They have an amazing new arena and they've actually built some, great stuff around the arena so it's a really cool surrounding area uh don't see many ownership issues they've got multiple guys there with uh you know edens Lazary and whatever and i'm gonna be real quick they're in a much better franchise position than we are just simply because of adetakumbo yeah um i would rather live in orlando than milwaukee although i've not visited milwaukee uh
1: milwaukee maybe we'll go next year we'll go for
0: a game i would like to go to milwaukee and we will talk about it a little bit, but, uh, Minneapolis seemed to be, uh, there for, but the problem is, is if you go in the winter, like the weather, the weather's going to be hell in both places. So, um, we'd have to hope for like either spring or like a fall type thing. And even then who knows, but, um, Milwaukee intrigues me, but they're better franchise, but not a place I'd rather live in Orlando, San Antonio. Uh, I do not care for Texas. Um, i have not visited the great state of texas but uh i do not care to unless it's for a formula one race in austin that's that's basically where i'm at with them or unless we we see the magic play there i guess would be my other caveat but san antonio is the fifth smallest uh, market in the in the u.s and um they've been the 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 model they've been the best small market franchise in nba history to date from in my eyes and you know, they can sit on their legacy for as long as Craig Popovich is still coaching them. And, you know, Peter Holt can't be a hated man in that city as owner. Um, I've, I have as a franchise they're they're still they're still in a better position than the magic. Just if not just for fairly still recent history in my mind um, and what they got with Popovich and. But from a city perspective, I, I take
1: Orlando. Your thoughts. Um, yeah, you I, from a franchise perspective, you can. Their future could be murky. That's right. like, I'm I'm not going to lie, but
0: we haven't reached that that yet.
1: Like but they can, yeah, they can rest on their history for for longer. The yeah. yeah. Um, from a city perspective, I I've been there and I was shocked. I think it's comparable to Orlando in terms of I felt that's what I've been told. I've
0: no, I've been told there's
1: like between in them terms and of like. like uh speed and kind of geography i don't know kind of seem comparable yeah um but i no, i would pick in spite of the like river walk and everything i you know uh i i definitely pick orlando over san antonio to live in
0: yeah i see people compare orlando a little bit to not just san antonio but also sacramento who we'll get to here soon but um yeah i i Again, Texas doesn't interest me. So <laughs> but they've they've got a better franchise than we do right now, still. Uh, all right, sixth salt lake city. So that'd be the Utah Jazz, who have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert for, for now. We'll we'll see uh if they make any crazy moves, but uh because though they may have to tweak you know tweak that team. Um, I mean they have a crack dealer as a head coach or one that looks like Nupkin. No, uh Quinn Snyder is a very intense man, but he's a very good coach. So Uh, but they have a, a a new young owner and Ryan Smith, who's a huge jazz fan as well. And so that's, that's kind of the goal where you want, you want a really, uh, excited, uh, owner, but not in like a creepy freaky way, like Steve Ballmer in a way, like Ryan Smith seems to be just kind of just that passionate fan that wants to legitimately do good without getting too much in the way, but we'll see. Um, Utah's in a better position than we are, though, franchise-wise.
1: Um, a better position, and also, again, I think history plays a role, too. Um, we go in we Stockton-Malone? We're we talking yeah. Darren,
0: Darren Williams' era, too? No, yeah,
1: Stockton. Well, okay, yeah, long-term history, Stockton-Malone. Although both Stockton and Malone have some personal stuff. Um also, city-wise, I I don't think you can quabble about uh, like geography and things to do. But that being said, I I like to drink and I like indoor air conditioning, so I would pick <laughs> Orlando. Have
0: you been to Salt? Have you have you been to Utah?
1: I I, I have. N- I'm not opposed to going, and I'm and like yeah. I'm sure there are. I'm not going to say I'm sure there are, there are merits there, um, but I think just for my personnel, I'll say it. PC for my personality <laughs> and my lifestyle uh i'm picking orlando to city wise but certainly uh franchise wise i think utah is uh, out in front still
0: i mean that's that's pretty fair like the i've only been to the, their airport uh, i was i had to make a stop before going to vegas for a bachelor party and um Utah is a very white place just based off the airport. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. So, um, and I'm a white guy, but I'm a, I am a, uh, olive tan skin, uh, white guy. And, uh, I it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting when you just being in the airport, uh, it, it's, it's an interesting place, but I mean, beautiful mountains, like it's a very, if you're into, uh, recreational activities, I mean, between that and like Colorado, uh that's that's pretty good, but I'm I'm still gonna take Orlando for for the reasons that you said from a from a lifestyle perspective, I guess. But franchise, they're they're better than we are. Uh, seven, Indianapolis, the Pacers. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely prefer Orlando uh, city wise than Indianapolis. Although I'd like to go for basketball purposes because uh, it's a very historical basketball area. But from a franchise wise, the Pacers are looking really good. They're getting Rick Carlisle back. Uh, they've got Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, Levert. I mean, that's a very strong core that they've got to build off of. Um, you know, I, they still, their arena still looks awesome. And that thing was built in the late nineties and it still looks amazing. I'd love to go to there. Uh, I think it's Bankers Life Fieldhouse or something now, but uh, I'd like to go there.
1: Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think in terms of building, well, of course they have the ABA history too. Um Ooh, this one's tough because the roster construction certainly gave the edge to Indiana and ownership probably give the edge to Indiana, but Herb Simon, yeah. Uh, I I I would fight you on both city and overall like franchise. I, I don't what's the metric we're using? Value or yeah. or, you know. I I would pick Orlando over Indiana, I Ooh. think
0: yeah i mean that's because <sighs> i mean other than reggie miller it's like well i mean the last time rick Carlisle was head coach you
1: know that who's before... who's the other than reggie miller and i could be totally missing something but who's next in line in india is it danny granger um oh who is it um, who is, it? um who is it
0: mcdaniels daniels who, who's the guy from the aba crap i can't remember now but um yeah, I guess it is Danny Granger. Well, Paul George, I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean they had, yeah, they had the Reggie run, but then they they had those few years where it was Hibbert, Paul George, Danny Granger, and so I guess every 10 years they've been actually pretty relevant, honestly. Cause oh four, they easily should have won a could have won a title if not for the malice at the palace, right? Because you had yeah. Artest, you had Steven Jackson, and they were all out. You know, they were gone for fifty plus games of the whole season, and they were looking like a contender for the title. So um i'll fight you i'll I'll fight you on current uh currently i would much rather have indiana's roster than the magic roster that's that's kind of what it comes down to for me
1: uh yeah but okay is the current indiana roster a championship roster or just better
0: um i mean i think they can be a title contender especially now that they they're gonna have a head coach that they don't hate immediately coming out the gate yeah um I think there's no reason why the Pacers can't be a top 14 next season. That's kind of my viewpoint. All right. Fair enough. In the East anyway, at least in the East, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Charlotte, we've both been there. The Hornets. I like their city. Be it, uh, you know, we went in middle of March and it actually snowed when we went, but uh, we also saw the magic get their ass kicked. That was when Biombo was on the magic, I think, and he got posterized, but uh, by, by a Kimber, which Hornet posterized them. But, um, you know, they've got LaMelo Ball. They have uh, pretty interesting support pieces, guys like miles bridges, James Borrego, former magic uh, assistant and interim head coach is doing a pretty good job uh, as head coach there, you know, uh, pretty stable front office. seems to be knowing what they're doing. Michael Jordan as owner is really cool. The greatest player of all time in my book uh, being your owner. And it's actually starting to pay off for them ever since they rebranded from the Bobcats, to the Hornets they're, they're starting to, to figure it out. And uh you know these new jerseys and and they're kind of their colorways that they've had with uh with these jerseys and their court and stuff uh it's a big upgrade for them but i'm i'm not gonna lie man i i like charlotte a lot man from the breweries and just kind of like their tram system just like the you've got like the u.s whitewater facility like a just a 40 minute drive outside of town like it's I, I think I'd rather do
1: Charlotte than Orlando, man, to live. You're, uh, you're, you've are you're always been a big tram guy. Um, I, as you know, Charlotte, uh, you know, from, from birth has been my second favorite team. And I think it, it's the teal and purple. There's something about it. Um, yeah. City-wise, I think ownership-wise, I would give the edge to Orlando in terms of, like, guiding the franchise. But having Michael Jordan be the owner of the basketball it team you can i mean come on There's he's figuring it out yeah he's figuring so, it out uh it's it's charlotte for for yeah. for both for me yeah. Bu- building's pretty good uh the building is nice whatever yeah, yeah. the
0: City's downtown area is nice like you can walk a lot of that yeah. downtown or oh no, they call it I'm, uptown though they call it uptown though right they do
1: i yeah. i lived there yeah. i yeah I, and i and for and grudgingly i would have to give the overall edge to charlotte
0: um portland i'm in the same boat both city and franchise they got lillard they got mccollum for now i know they'll have to probably trade mccollum but um portland's a fun city look are are we
1: allowed to talk about this on the podcast you know where i'm going here uh yes do it sure go for it yeah uh there's no debate i think portland uh in every capacity well we'll see what happens with ownership moving forward but uh portland edges out orlando sadly that being said, worst strip club experience <laughs> of my life. And I'm First not a off, strip club guy.
0: But yeah, but you, how did you find this place again? Did, wasn't it like something that was really famous on TV that or did one of our buddies pick
1: it? Uh, this was featured on Esquire's Best Bars in oh, America. Back when
0: Esquire had a good TV channel or a TV yeah. channel in general. Yeah, uh, which was a great show, by the yeah, way. Awesome and show. And the bar
1: looked great on TV uh, until we went to the bar and... That I mean, just weird and not Portland weird, you know, not like good, Portland not in a good way, just, no, just kind of dingy and weird. I, I love poor,
0: like, I know, look, I know, I love the West Coast in general, but actually, homelessness in a lot of these major West Coast series is actually a, a bigger issue than Orlando. That's like downtown, and like, there's a big homeless problem in Portland, in particular, but if you Big strip if you, club problem too yeah but if you live on like this just on, like on the outside of port like in the suburb portion of of it like it's it's great man like i mean be it the food be it just you're, you're close to so much what nature and wildlife stuff be it rivers mountains like it's i love it i would man. say
1: too like and the arena the from of... the
0: outside looks cool we haven't been to a game there but yeah. i'd love to go to a game at the Moda center with their fans
1: Look at the number of uh, players that played in Portland and retire and live there. That speaks volumes about the city. You know, a lot of players obviously end up living in Orlando, which I think speaks to this city too, but, but they have
0: bad, bad uh, history here as players. So yeah. that's the problem. <laughs> so hopefully we can change the first part, but yeah, you're right. Um, and then, yeah, from a, from, from look like, from a, Franchise stability portion like they might hit a rough patch or a rocky spot here. If they can't get literally literally happy, they got rid of Terry Stotts. So they, they have to hire a new head coach. It, it, it might, it looks like it might be Chauncey Billups or, or uh, Becky Hammond. We'll see. And you already mentioned kind of the ownership portion, you know, since Paul Allen passed away, I guess his wife, Jody is, uh, is trying to decide whether or not to sell the team. I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but Portland, both from a city and a franchise perspective, I'm taking them over Orlando. So, um, Next one, 10. This one, one you'll easily be able to push me over. Kind of like almost what you did with OKC and tried to do with Indy a little bit. But the Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto, California uh, market, which has the Sacramento Kings, who have had probably the worst... uh, Not probably. Have definitely had a worse playing and playoff history than the Magic have for over the last 15, 20 years, basically. But they've got... You know, uh, De'Aaron Fox, they got uh, Tyrese Halliburton in their backcourt. That's really freaking good to have. Uh, Maybe they can trade Bagley and get something to upgrade the team. They need a much better head coach than Luke Walden. Luke Luke Walden is – I don't know how he still has a job still, honestly. Um, Their owner, Vivek uh, Ranadive, he's kind of in that Mark Cuban stage where he's talking a lot and uh, sometimes not in a good way, but he cares about turning that team around. You know, and so and their arena is basically brand new. Their arena, I think, is like two years old, three years old. But um, they'll be even better once they get rid of Luke Walden, is my point. But um what I we have not been to Sacramento, so I can't I can't comment um about that city. Um again, I've heard that Sacramento is actually probably the most comparable to Orlando uh, from other NBA cities. Maybe that's completely wrong. I don't know. I think I'd right now I take Orlando over Sacramento. And then um, from a franchise perspective, I'll probably take the magic over Sacramento, just from a history perspective for sure. And I think franchise wise, I think the Magic are more likely to be better than than the Kings here in the next two years than Sacramento, even though Kings have Fox and Halliburton, there's still kind of that thought that they'll screw it up. What are your thoughts? So,
1: yeah, so I don't have to win you over because, uh, the well, first of all, Sacramento, not always Sacramento, right? So True. Uh, from Kansas City, yep. they had one blip, really, not even a sustained run of prominence in the early 2000s yeah uh, the building is great and new. Uh, the ownership, I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, right? When you have a, a guy like that who um, he thinks more, he
0: thinks he knows more smarter than, than what, yeah thinks yeah. he's
1: yeah uh, so
0: He thinks he knows more than, than what he really everything. does from a basketball yeah. perspective. like there's there's kind of a line right now and Vivek's kind of over the line just like kind of Mark Cuban is I mean, Mark Cuban has been over the line for 20 years and Hey, they still got the title in 2011 to show for it. So if Sacramento gets a title, then guess what, man, you can flaunt it. But until then yeah. doing a little too much. All right. Um, any other thoughts before we get to Cleveland, Akron, Ohio, for I, I would
1: just say, well, it's just, it's night. Nice. Say what you will about our ownership and politics and everything else, but for the most part, they don't interfere with the basketball ops, people making decisions. So that's one thing to keep in mind.
0: For the most part that's yeah. That's yeah. Uh, well, I, I have, I have my DeVos family comments coming up here soon, but okay. um, Cleveland, Akron, Ohio, 11th smallest uh, market in the league. Uh, you know, they have the Cavaliers. They've won a championship with thanks to LeBron James. They currently have the third pick in this NBA draft as well. So, they're in a much better current situation than we are because, you know, they can trade Kevin Love and get some nice pieces. And they have, you know, they got Sex Land. They'll they'll probably keep Garland uh, Garland and get rid of Sexton, but they also got Okoro. They got Jared Allen. Like they got some stuff going on there that they can build on. Uh, their ownership is a piece of work, though. So, uh, I mean, it's so bad that LeBron, the guy born and raised in, in Akron, you know, in that area bolted, bolted the Cavaliers twice. Like that's how bad Dan Gilbert is. Like that's how much people dislike Dan Gilbert. So uh, I would much rather live in Orlando than, uh, than, than uh, Cleveland, Akron area, Ohio. Um, and from a franchise perspective, I don't know, man, does Cleveland get the go ahead because of LeBron in the title? I mean, I, I guess Cleveland, cause I think Cleveland as a franchise as pieces that they have despite their ownership, I think Cleveland's in a better spot than we
1: are. I don't know. You can, you can fight me on this. That's interesting. It depends on how much weight you're putting on a title. If if we're waiting uh, an actual NBA championship, then you have to put Cleveland ahead of Orlando. I mean, but, it's only been five years, right?
0: 2016. So I think yeah. I got to give Cleveland the nudge right now.
1: Uh, I don't know about that. They have LeBron and they have two stints of LeBron. But we have Shaq and Penny and T-Mac and Dwight Howard and uh, two different you know kind of eras that led to finals appearances i think city wise there's no question orlando above cleveland i think uh building wise i would put amway center i think above where are we at quicken loans arena i think still. it's still quicken loans or okay. is it
0: a, maybe it's rocket mortgage Re- they rocket, buy them out or change yeah. it i can't remember now Q, but yeah i don't, I don't know anyway Q, yeah
1: okay anyway uh <laughs> That being all said, uh, if the franchise uh, even roster, I-, I don't know that I would put Cleveland's talent necessarily ahead of Orlando. Um, that could be me being a homer. Still, this is tough. I- I'm going to go with Orlando, and my my, uh, uh, I'm defending that by saying if both franchises were sold tomorrow, I think Orlando would sell for more.
0: Oh, that's actually. Mm. All right, you win. So the Magic aren't even the worst East franchise in the NBA. Okay, that's yeah, you you brought up and I guess maybe I should have brought the Forbes conversation to the table, but because I think what is it? The Magic are like in that 20 to 25 range usually around there typically. Yeah. Um all right, you want me over. All right, 12. Ah, oh, man, 12. It's Miami uh Fort Lauderdale. Uh, okay. I hate it, but the Heat have 3 NBA titles and we don't have any, which will forever you continuously piss me off till we win at least one and hopefully catch up to them. You know, we came into the league in 89. He came to the league in 88. Uh, you know, they've got Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra as institutions of, of that franchise, Mickey Harrison. I'd take Mickey Harrison as an owner over the DeVos family. That's kind of, I mean, I don't like cruises. I don't care for carnival cruise lines and I don't care for cruise lines or you know, cruises in general, but, um, I would probably take Mickey Harrison as a stable owner than, uh, in the DeVos family. But, uh, Look, South Beach is great yeah. if you're wealthy. That's the you know Miami. I don't consider Miami South Beach because if you've been to both, like I have, completely different things. So, um, I mean, well, I'm just gonna give Miami the franchise, and I'm not gonna talk about the the city living thing or whatever. Like, I like Wynwood, I like South Beach. If I can live there, then I'll take that over Orlando. But um, it doesn't include Miami as a whole
1: everybody's flocking to Miami in the tech scene lately, which is interesting. Um, yeah.
0: Some of them are actually coming here
1: too, but, um, it would be nice to live in Miami until, uh, hurricane season. Well, yeah. Global warming, which is already kicking in. Uh I've seen,
0: I've seen, dude, I've seen, I've seen so many flood videos from even just normal, like rainy, like rainstorms, like let alone hurricanes. And, uh, yeah, that 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 gets me nervous for, for that area down there. So um, I would uh,
1: yeah grudgingly there is such a thing as heat culture and the championships have to put the franchise over and above Orlando. And I don't I don't want it to be true, but uh, it's gonna be true for the foreseeable future.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So Orlando Daytona is the thirteenth smallest TV market with an NBA franchise. Yeah, the I Magic. What's that? I <laughs> yeah. live there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're doing it right now. So, but the magic don't know who their best player is now that uh, Vucevic is gone. You know, you got Isaac and Fultz who are going to be coming off injuries. You got Cole, Anthony, Chumo, Kiki, RJ Hampton could all be great, but there's no proof yet. Uh, you know, there's no long, there's no long-term evidence yet. Uh, Amway center. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not of it's not the best venue to go watch a magic game at. Um, Not unless you're within the first 10, 15 rows is it's not like the old old arena where, and we've sat at the very top of the bowl uh, of, of the old arena. There wasn't a bad view in that whole place for a magic game because it was four times smaller than what Amway center is. And unfortunately Amway center, it's, it wasn't built as a basketball venue first. It was built as kind of concerts uh, monster truck type thing, first and then basketball came secondary and i just i i don't like it it's great if you if you got the wristband to get all you can drink uh alcohol and and food and whatnot but um yeah i also that with with amway center being built not you know when it was built initially there was the promise that other stuff around it would be built and we still haven't we still don't even have the
1: entertainment complex opened yet um there was more around the arena before than there is now yes which is uh very
0: frustrating that's that's for sure and that's done a lot of harm to the paramore neighborhood as well um but you know it all comes down to the Voss family for me look they're you know they're the caretakers of the franchise that's kind of been their motto you already you know you say there's there's positives to them kind of not overstepping their boundaries and and you're right but it's not cutting it for me. You can't kind of be off in the background anymore. We're not when now we can track kind of what your family's doing uh, with, with dollar donations, either politically or what type of motivations that uh, that you have and what type of causes you donate uh, to stuff to. They still do a lot of good stuff in the community. Don't get me wrong, but um, there's, there's almost more, not almost, there's more harm than good being done uh, when you factor everything in. That's, that's my viewpoint, but Um, You know, then you also have best Betsy DeVos's existence that that was not a good run for them. Uh, And then it, it for me, it all just goes back to the awful botching of situations like, you know, Rich DeVos's low balling and, you know, offending of Shaq, which led him to go to the Lakers and whether you thought Shaq was going to the Lakers either way. That defeats the whole point. If he threw, if, if they would have thrown the hundred million at him to begin with, I'm willing to bet he would have signed in state. That's that's my viewpoint. People can have other ones, and they've, they've tried to push me on it, but I know enough and I've heard enough that, uh, yeah, that's that's a DeVos fam that's a Rich DeVos botch. Um, you know, holding Orlando hostage in the mid 2000s, asking for a new arena with state of the art suites, and threatening to to pull Orlando for potential cities like Louisville, Kansas city, St. Louis, Oklahoma city, you know, forcing orange County to put up most of the money for Amway center. When you're a billionaire family, you could have easily put, you know, picked up the bill for, it. I know mo- no NBA team does that, but you look at Orlando city soccer club and look, I get you know 125 million is a lot less than 450 million, but still like we have a soccer owner that paid for entire you know, stadium on his own. Whereas, you know the the DeVos family i think kicked in 100 million of like the 450 million for for Amway center and now they're trying to hey, build they also out the entertainment built... complex and <laughs> and trying to do other stuff and then they also killed the solar bears when we won that last ihl championship back in 2001 i still
1: hold a grudge on that um yeah you can you can talk here penny i, I was going to say don't forget they also built uh five community gyms so there's another two million dollars in total that they kicked in true yeah so um that th- obviously i i hope there's a day
0: that uh this team this franchise is sold the problem is we don't have a lot of billionaires here in orlando it's between like disney and and, and tupperware basically are our options or maybe like shack and or you know puts together some type of ownership group. I mean I, I would take shack over to the DeVos family. That's where I'm at right now. But um yeah, I, I don't know what if do you have any other thoughts, uh, it's it's not it, it's not great. That's that's kind of my viewpoint and I feel like until something either drastically changes with the family, I know Dan and Doug DeVos are the ones in charge since you know both their their parents uh passed away, but um and and maybe we'll have to wait till the grand the you know, the grand, you know, rich, rich and Helen's uh, grandkids are in charge of the franchise. Before things change, or we got to just help for a sale. A, a sale, but um, I don't know. You
1: have any final thoughts on 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 my viewpoints? Um, I think that sadly, you're right. Uh, well, every, everything about it is right, and at the end of the day, we're we're an average franchise, and I think that's because we have average ownership we've gotten lucky we've made our luck in some cases we've gotten unlucky most recently but i think at the end of the day we're we're batting just about 500 um and i think that's because that's the that's the franchise that we are um so maybe you know I think it's we're under five hundred. Well, Not, we are now. Yeah, <laughs>
0: for we're, 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 I think we're like two hundred or, or maybe a hundred yeah. between 100 and 200 games under five hundred as a franchise, win loss wise. But right, even our ownership, I think,
1: is is more of a detriment than even just average. But that's that's whatever we, we can. I, I think it would be interesting to see what would what the next iteration will be like, assuming the grandkids decide to sell, or maybe even before that. Um, but yeah, right. This this is real disheartening. I don't know why we did this. <laughs> I I'm trying to open eyes. I, that's what I'm trying to do. Is I'm
0: trying to, because I I, I bleed I bleed I bleed this franchise. We both bleed this franchise, and I I just think that we're being held back by 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 ownership by kind of the way just things are right now and. Maybe maybe it's gonna take a few more years of misery for more people to realize it. I don't know. Maybe it's gonna take just finally getting that star and finally winning again because winning cures everything. But um, yeah, we'll 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 see. So all right, I got a couple more and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Sorry sorry we're we're running you know longer than yep. usual. But um, fourteen Denver Nuggets. I've been to Denver for uh for a ski trip slash birthday party. Uh, Denver is awesome. I love Denver. The Nuggets, they're a title contender with Jokic, a healthy Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Aaron Gordon did not have a good few months there, but maybe he'll figure it out in the offseason. Mike Malone, son of Brendan Malone, he's a solid head coach. Their front office seems pretty sturdy with Tim Conley and Calvin Booth there. Uh, the most controversial thing with Denver is their fans have trouble seeing them on TV locally because of their TV deal. That's are uh, worse things in life than that, I guess. But um, look, the Kroenke family, they suck. They're... You know, folks in St. Louis or like Arsenal soccer fans know this already, um, but they're still they still in a much better franchise situation than than the Magic are. And I would actually, I would, I would rather live in Denver than Orlando. That's my that's my point.
1: Uh, yeah, sadly, I would have to agree that on the whole, I would take Denver over Orlando.
0: And then lastly, the 15th smallest franchise is the Detroit Pistons, who they've got Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart. Jeremy Grant is good, uh, and they have the number one pick now. So uh, Dwayne Casey brings them stability as head coach, I think. Um, their arena, that's pretty new, is actually in the city and not on the outskirts. Um, if they win games, fans will definitely start showing up, in my mind. And, you know uh, – I don't have any strong negative views towards their ownership, uh, Tom Gores. So um, I would much rather live in Orlando than Detroit. I've, I've, uh, I've only flown into their, their airport, which is actually not bad. I actually like the Detroit Delta terminal, but uh, I, I would much rather live in Orlando than, than Detroit, but their franchise, they're, they're in a better situation than the magic right now with, 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 with what they got. Cause they got the number one pick. That's, They're closer to a superstar than we are right now. And you can fight me on that penny, but, uh, that's where I'm at.
1: Um, I don't know if, well, yeah, they're closer to a superstar pending the selection of the pick franchise wise. They have a history that, um, exceeds ours in spite of the improvements to the city. I would rather live here, but, uh, yeah, Detroit's probably the better small market. Um, and then,
0: they uh and they they didn't make the list but had we had we gone to the 16th smallest market that would have been minneapolis st paul and um that franchise is a train wreck and they might get so that they, they can't even sell themselves properly that's how bad minneapolis you know the the timberwolves are and carl anthony towns might bail yeah they got anthony edwards but they're they're in trouble and i'll i'll leave it at that but uh you know, we uh, I, I, how, how many, <laughs> how many franchises or cities did we list that were worse than the Magic Penny? Was it like four or five? Because I'll take four or five. Uh, I, I I don't, I don't even know. We suck. <laughs> because i think i i went into the podcast thinking okay well, i think we're either the second or third worst and i think we, we we you helped elevate us
1: to like fifth worst so we're basically where our forbes uh, money rating is but anyway i'm we've got still a, trying yeah. to come to terms with the fact that we're the we're the worst possible job opening you, yeah. you opened my eye i mean i i i know it but i didn't know it until you told me and and you're right we we, we got a long way to go here
0: yeah so uh You know, we've got over a month until the draft. We can talk more roster pick strategy after our coach is actually hired. uh, Because I think the staff hiring, it's going to provide kind of a strong hint about what we can expect from the front office move wise, uh, you know, this, this off season, but we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle
1: at Spencer Strode.
0: And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, Go Magic, take care, and just win your summer.